You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Welcome, everyone. It is so great to have you with us, and we are so blessed to have uh, with us today special guest, Brian Headwelch. Can you put your hands together for, for him this morning? Morning. Check. You're on. You're Good morning, on. everybody. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being here. And uh, first of all, we want to say a special welcome to all of our guests this morning and, and all of our friends at the shelters across the city of Pittsburgh who are participating. We're just blessed to have you with us and online. And Brian, man, thank you so much for being here with us. Of course, today. yeah. We got a, a little. We have a little giveaway. Yeah. So my friend Anthony was going to come and um, we we're going to play a song for you guys, but his flight got canceled out of LaGuardia. And so. Uh, we just thought it'd be fun to give this away. So anybody have a birthday between April 1st and April 15th? We've got... Oh my gosh, there's so many. So many. What are we going to do? We've got to give it to the lady. Here we go. If you want to share it with, our, with the bro over there, then... <laughs> Well, thank you for being, uh, being here, and I just want to say, first of all, you know, I haven't known you that long, got to meet you yesterday for the first time, but man, I appreciate your heart. And yeah, we had a good burger at the... Burgatory? Burgatory. Burgatory, yeah. It was good. And uh, I just appreciate your heart and just how uh, humble you are, and, and uh, it's awesome to, to get to meet someone who's accomplished a lot, but still is incredibly humble and God uses in a might, mighty ways. So thank you for being that kind of I accomplished person. a lot, and I was a miserable piece of... Yeah. Yeah. crap you know yeah. so can you say that in church sure but uh you did we're good so to find humility in christ like yeah. that's that, that's where life is yeah. i so appreciate that so kind of from the beginning tell us the story uh way back when uh how corn came together back in bakersfield california how that all started wow so i met jonathan davis um he was in fourth grade jonathan's our singer i met he was in third grade i was in fourth never talked to him because fourth graders didn't hang out with the third graders and back then it was like mixed grade you know uh even you know he wasn't in my class but there was they would put you know the the, uh the the grades together and it it was just a mess but uh yeah his he was kind of famous growing up because his his dad was rick davis and there's three music stores in bakersfield small town it was stockdale music front porch music and rick davis music so it was like, that kid's lucky. He can go play any instrument he wants after school and whatnot. And um, I met the bass player, Fieldy. His name is Reggie Fieldy Arvizu. In seventh grade, he played guitar, and he was horrible at it. So I told him to play bass because it had less strings. And uh, <laughs> thought it would be a little bit easier. And the drummer, David, we met when uh, around 16 years old. Um, Monkey, the other guitar player, I met when he was 14 high school so all of us you know come from our school background and uh, how cool is that is it cool to get to play with people you've known your whole life pretty much it's really crazy you know and just to to throw a little story with monkey i met him he was learning to play the guitar because he chopped off his his finger on this finger and and he couldn't like a big chunk of it and so we call him the land of the lost because it's missing but he would learn how to play, uh, get his strength back by guitar, and he played acoustic. And I was like, man, you got to play electric. So I brought him to my house, shredded for him, and then I sold him my guitar and amp and jacked up the price and got my dream guitar. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're a good businessman. Right. Good businessman. And a, and a uh, funny story, because uh, Land of the Lost, we make fun of him his whole life. Like two months ago, I cut the tip of my finger off, and now I have no feeling just like him. So it's like karma. <laughs> right. So the pinnacle of, of corn stardom in the 90s, you guys hit the number one on the charts. You got to play at Woodstock 99 in front of 200,000 people. What was that like? What's that, that, that being at the pinnacle? I mean, you guys grew up together, and you're really accomplishing your dream. You're, you're rock stars. You're at the top of the charts. What, what was that like? It was really crazy at Woodstock 99 doing that that whole thing because, um, I mean, Metallica played there, right? And they don't even talk about 
the Metallica played that show. It was like we were, our type of metal was so big at that time. And Biscuit, you know, and all that. And um, it was just surreal because I just remember, I would tell everybody, like three years ago, I had a Toyota Celica and it's dense all over it. Now I'm, in, I'm on the stage with all these people. It doesn't make sense, you know? And uh, it was just like a, it was, it was like a dream come true that slowly turned into a nightmare and we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, it was just bizarre having that much success, you know? It's, What's it like standing in front of 200,000 people? I've never had that experience. I mean, uh, well, it's like, it, it doesn't end, you know? It just looks like a sea, like the ocean. And it just goes and goes and, and goes. I heard, like, the, I've seen video, like, the waves of the sound. Went yeah. Out and just, like, if you watch a, a song Blind on YouTube, you could see it looks like a wave of people because they jump, right? And it's like, because the sound waves are traveling that far and it doesn't reach the ears for, you know, right at the same time. What, what in the late 90s, you guys came onto the scene and, and hit it there. What, what made Korn different from other bands? What was special about it? Besides the fact you guys grew up together. I think it's just a combination of, of, of the sound that we put together. We loved metal. We loved alternative music. We loved uh, Depeche Mode. We loved, you know, bands like that, Nine Inch Nails. But we also loved hip-hop. We loved uh, NWA came out and just was real and raw and talking about the, like their life in the streets. And, and we loved that that realness. And then, you know, we, we loved everything but country. No offense. And, uh, and just put it all together, you know. But, and then there was rap rock like Rage Against the Machine and, and, and Limp Bizkit and all those. But we, we weren't rap rock. We, we had like some hip-hop like undertones with the bass and 808s and everything. But Jonathan, our singer, was just like so emotional and um, real and raw. Like he just opened his soul and said, this is me. You know, and he's like gonna... The dude like dealt with issues through music it was like his counseling you know and so you know how uh, counselors they try to bring you bring the stuff out of you to talk about your issues he just did it through music and I think that's what a lot of fans like um uh gravitated towards it was just like they they were like man I, I get him I feel that I feel the way he sings I'm you know and a lot of a lot of fans would tell us that that they didn't take their lives because they, they felt like they weren't alone, you know? And um, I, I feel like he started that vulnerability in, in metal that just opened the door for that. And then, you know, other people came out, like, like uh, Lincoln Park came out and Chester did that very well. You know, Corn was more like, you know, vulnerable, but, but angry. And I feel like Lincoln Park came out and they were more like, uh, like uh, softer, you know, as far as like dealing with the, the sadness and everything. Corn was more the anger thing, but... It was, it was a, a wave of a, a generation of, of a style of music that came and, you know, society and the church would probably say that it was bad, but I feel like God used it to keep people from taking their lives a lot, you know? So we'll get to this in a minute, but I, I was telling, talking to you yesterday about this. I think it's interesting how God has used those guys standing on that platform in front of 200,000 people, Woodstock, and in just different ways, he's worked on your lives. Yeah. And... and what the church at that time would have said is pure evil and is an, an instrument of the devil. God is still doing stuff through that. I yeah. think it's so fascinating. Yeah, it's like, man, it, man judges the outside appearance, but the Lord judges the heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The scriptures say it. So it's, it seems like as soon as church people start pointing and judging, God does the opposite. So. Keep on judging if you're a judger because yeah. <laughs> it works. God yeah. does the opposite. So shortly after kind of that, that late 90s, you had this radical transformation in your life. Um, and we don't, uh, you, you shared the video, we shared the video earlier, but you, you just had this amazing encounter with Jesus that changed your life radically. And uh, in the middle of that, you made this announcement. You went on the radio and shared you were going to make this uh, you made this announcement, you're leaving corn, all of that, and you're going to share why at, your, at the church you really got saved at, Valley Bible in right. Bakersfield. What, what happened there? How did that all go, and why did you do that? Um, I was trying to trick everybody because, like, 
It was a miracle. Some of you guys came to church today and you're like, I don't even know how I got here. Like, I'll never come to church. I would, that was me. I'm like, I'm not going to no church. You crazy? I would make fun of it. And then I had some friends that invited me and they were cool. You know, they, this guy actually built monster trucks and built hot rods and like would take a car and, and turn it into like a, a masterpiece. And he would enter into car shows and win every time. He was just cool. And I'm like, I can hang out with that dude. Because I thought Christians were like Ned Flanders where you just like, they're just goofy. You want to choke them and, and like, they're, you're not that happy. Shut up. No way. You know what I mean? And so, so I, I knew the corn fans were just like me. So I was trying to, to come up with something to get them into church. And I'm like, well, I quit corn. You want to hear why? Come, come to this church. How, how did that all go that day? They probably thought it was a, it was a stunt, you know, yeah, like, yeah. oh, corn's doing something and they're going to just to get like attention for their new album or something. Who knows, you know? But uh, what'd you say? What was the question? How did it go that day? How, how'd like the, the service? It was how'd crazy. It, uh, yeah. So it was my confession, man. It was like, you know how like Catholic people, they go to the priest and it's all like secretive and like, father, I, uh, I did this and that. Well, I, my confession was in front of everybody in front of like CNN news came uh, MTV came, there were set up cameras and I'm like, my parents were right there. My brother was over here. And your, your parents didn't go to church. No. It's not like you were raised in church. They thought the pastor was brainwashing me. Yeah. I swear. And, uh, and so it was a whole thing where they're like, what are you doing here? You know, what's the deal? And I just was like, I've been doing meth and broke down in tears. I'm like, my mom's right there. And uh, I just let it out as a confession. And, uh, and I told him that I found the meaning of life. And people, I don't know, it was like, it was split down the middle. It was like, these people were like, wow, he's, he's going to find himself, you know, and, and, and get, get healed, get healthy. Then the other part was like, this is weird. <laughs> Homie looks like Jesus now with a beard and long hair and, you know, too many meth lines snorted, right? So I just, I knew 100% that I found the meaning of life and that what I was going to do the rest of my life. That's incredible. Yeah. How, how did other friends in the industry respond to that announcement and that commitment you made? Hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. How did that affect your relationships with other musicians, other bands? Um, I just kind of left everything, you know, I didn't care. I got made fun of a lot, you know, because it wasn't as accepting as it is now. Like we got sports figures, you got, I mean, even James Hetfield from Metallica has got Jesus uh, tattoo on his arm. And it's, it's just like, it's more accepting. But back then it was like a, a sh kind of not shock rock, like Marilyn Manson, but we were, we were in that like realm, you know? And so there, everybody was like, whoa this is crazy. And, and everybody made fun of me. Like a lot of people did, but not everybody, but a lot of them were, were just making fun of me and whatnot. And were, were there any, any musicians that just really kind of stood by your side, stuck with you through all of that? Um, I think, um, a couple of the Deftones guys, um, I was emailing back and forth and they were just like, man, just find you, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, Chi Chang, God rest his soul, passed away from Deftones. And he was a, he was a Buddhist, you know, and he was just like, uh, you know, just what, whatever, whatever you need to find to find the true self, you yeah. know, and then like the POD. Mm -hmm. But I honestly, I pulled away from everybody yeah. and I wanted to go and search within yeah. because they were saying Christ lived in me. And I'm like, if that's true, then I want to know how to uh, experience that because I'm not going to follow no, no false religion or yeah. like a. I need something real because mm -hmm. like I've had everything the world had to offer and I experienced the realness of the, of every gift you can have in this world and it didn't satisfy. I needed to find something real spiritually that would give me life meaning that would satisfy me. And if it wasn't real, I would have walked away a long time ago. Yeah. You know, it's become more common. You mentioned where celebrities find their happiness. They find kind of inner peace. They, they find themselves. And, uh, and just kind of become more aware. Is that, is that what happened to you? Or is, is finding Christ, was it something different in your life? I mean, I could just talk about what, what my experience was. I, I honor everybody's search, you know, because I, I feel like God, 
Um, we're all on this world for a certain amount of time and we're all have to go through ma massive pain and hopefully massive joy and hopefully there's a balance there. And, uh, but, but I, I think the journey is, is pure in God's eyes to find, you know, uh, the meaning of life and why we're here. But, um, yeah, just, I'm, I'm thankful that I got led to Christ because he's, he's the way and he's the truth and he's the life. And, um, it's like God's son came here to, to show us like, like, look, I'm going to send my son with the divine. They were talking about the blood in that song. And the scriptures say that life is in the blood. And so when his blood poured out, it was the divine life given to us. And Jesus died for us. And his death was our death, the Christians. I mean, the scriptures talk about. And so our, our corrupt and messed up humanity was put to death. And guess what? His resurrection was ours. He, he's elevated us in himself that whosoever comes to him will not perish but have his life, that life. So that is what I found, right? And, and like I said, I honor everybody's search and faith, but uh, he, Jesus said that this is the truth because there's... There's some things that feel good and they sound pretty and they, and they will even make you feel good. But uh, his, his way is the truth. He's, he's the truth. Rewind a little bit and share with us your friend Eric, I know was part of this. How did you come to make that decision to follow Jesus? How did that all come about? It was pretty wild because I was doing meth every day. Uh, about around 700 days I was, I was snorting lines. I'd, I smoked a little bit, but I never shot up. Um, so uh, it was just basically I started drinking at 15, um, and that turned into, uh, I think I, try, I tried Coke as a teenager. I didn't like it. Um, and then um, a, little, yeah, a little bit of weed, but mostly drinking. And then early 20s, started doing math a little bit. It was very powerful, so I was afraid. Like I was like, you know, be careful with it because, you know, I wanted to be successful as a musician and whatnot. And then when corn started, we started doing math. And then it was a thing where we lived at the beach. It was just a lot of the surfers were doing it. So it was like accepted. And so I would do it off and on, off and on, off and on. And then uh, just through the year that I did 11 years in corn, I was in, and um, just fighting that addiction, you know. And one night I had moved back to Bakersfield, California, where corn is from. And I was up, up by that time uh, around 2003. Then we went on tour with Lincoln Park, Snoop Dogg. It was the Project Revolution tour. I got hooked on meth like every day. And I don't know why, because I, I kept it at bay, you know, for so long. But something clicked in me, and it just went every day. And I took it all over the world. I took it to Asia. I took it to Europe. I took it to Australia. I ran out in Europe and had my dealer send me eight balls hidden in candles. And it was like crazy. You don't do that, you know. <laughs> You get thrown in jail in Germany or something for, for that. But uh, so at the, at the end of the 700 days, I, uh, I was at home and I was just like, I was thinking of suicide. I was thinking of, uh, I, was, I was taking Xanax just to get some sleep every two or three days, you know, just because I needed a function. I was a single dad and, and I got an email from my broker and I was a tweaker, but I was like doing real estate and had stocks. And I was like, I, I loved money. Money was my everything. You know, I liked money more than rock stardom. <laughs> and, uh, and the thing was that uh, I got this email and it was from my broker who was helping us find land so we could build neighborhoods and build houses. And in the email it said, he said, Brian, I just woke up this morning. I don't mean to scare you off or be weird. I've never done this before, but I felt this scripture would mean something to you. It's Jesus. And he says, come to me, all who are weary and burned, and I will give you rest. And right then I was just like, I need rest because I'm thinking of wanting to end everything. I'm a walking shell. I'm all, I'm skin and bones. You know, I'm just like, there's no substance in me. The only thing of uh, substance I had was my love for my daughter. That was keeping me barely hanging on. And he, I just wrote him back. And my first line was, Eric, I'm a lost soul. Because I was completely lost. 
I had millions of dollars in the bank, lots of stocks, everything I was doing, all that was fine. I had the tours coming up and everything, but I was lost. And um, I had asked Christ in my heart when I was 12. So I went, right when I read the email, I thought back to that. I was like, maybe that's why I feel this way because I didn't even walk with Jesus when I asked him into my heart. I just kind of went and did my own thing. And I told him that in the email. He ends up, you know, coming and meeting with me, giving me a Bible. I end up going to church and start just trying. I, I'm going to try it because I, I, I asked him in my heart when I was 12. Maybe that's why my life is lost. I'm going to try this and see if it was it. It's amazing. It's incredible. Right. As you've started following Jesus and you're a musician yourself, how is worship different to you than maybe just a normal person who isn't a musician? How does it hit you differently? I don't know. Like, we're all this, you know, music makes you feel something, yeah? You guys? It can, it can lift your spirits. It's powerful. It keeps people alive sometimes, you know? Like I said with corn, it keeps people alive, right? No doubt. It's very powerful. And corn, obviously, there's, there's thousands of artists nowadays that can help lift a soul and elevate uh, depression into hope, you know? And, um, but yeah, worship music is, is very powerful for me. Um, and I just, I love the words and the melodies. If I have a melody that, that I connect with, I can I lock in with the Lord spiritually so like intimately. And I feel like, I feel like the Lord revealed something that, that um, he's always with us. He's in our breath and he lives in, in inside of us. But I feel like he showed me that he, he, it's like the experience is like he walks on the melodies into our souls. Like sometimes when we're so listening good. to worship music. Yeah. And, um, and when I get some of the, some of the worship songs, like start to be repetitive, you know, sometimes about, you know, um, I seek his grace so I can see his face and like the same rhymes, you know, but then I start, I start listening to, uh, instrumental worship music where I can just like read, read books or whatever and, and hear that music. And so all kinds of different ways to do it. You know, there's, there's worship music for anybody out there. There's heavy music. Don't be scared, but there's heavy music and people are like, how can that be worship music? Well, the Psalms say, shout to the Lord. So yeah, what is metal? There you go. So there's something for everybody. There's hip hop. I know Lecrae and all them, KB. Yeah. There's hip hop that praise the Lord. There's like all kinds of, of, of music that will help bring you closer into an intimate relationship with them. Pretty cool. How did your decision to follow Jesus change and affect your role with corn? Uh, that role just melted away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm, I'm not going to sit there and quit hard drugs and 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 renounce all this stuff while I go out in the road and there's groupies and there's people snorting coke and doing this and that, strip clubs, all that. I, that's not me. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like my friend Ryan says he grew up as a skater and the posers were like made fun of all the time. Look, they got the they got the rich parents, they got the expensive skateboard and the, the and the clothes, but they can't even do a kickflip. You know, they're posers. So I'm not going to be follower of Jesus and, and be around people doing, people doing snorting coke and, and treating girls like objects and all that. I'm, that's not me anymore. Not, it's done. That's like the, being baptized is you're saying, Jesus, your death was my death. And I say, yes, so I'm going to go get baptized. You go into the water. When you come out, you're saying, Jesus, your resurrection is my resurrection. I'm going to live a new way with you. Lead me, guide me in life. So that's what I did. And I walked away from it and, and uh, my role was done. <laughs> yeah, done right there. How did, I mean, that was your dream, right? Yeah, that was it. Thank you. You basically walked away from your dream. I mean, it's something you had, since you were a kid, aspired to. How did Jesus begin to change your dreams, your aspirations, or even refocus some of those during that time? Man, it was just, the, that music was, was just powerful to, it was a God-given gift, you know, and, um, and I was like, you, you use my gift any way you want, you know, so I started doing, I, I did a record, a solo record, and it was just like, it was about my story, you know, I sang my story, and I got a song called Washed by Blood, that was, you know, I was talking about the blood, and, uh, and so did that for a while, and those, those were trying times, <laughs> Because I'd go on tour and play, like the one place I was talking to my friend who was on tour, he's going through the same thing. There's like 30 people watching me. 
and six of them are playing pool in the back, not don't care. And I'm like, I have a Grammy award, and I'm this is what I'm dealing with right now. So the pride of life was like, was that, was that geez, difficult? I mean, was it difficult to yeah. you walk away from hundreds of thousands of people, literally, to play in places where there's 30 people, and it's still your dream? But it's are you joking? Difficult? I mean, that had to have been. I'm like, even my dad was like, whoa, how embarrassing. <laughs> He's like, wow, you came from that. You know, it just looks like you're a failure. And then, like, nobody's there. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? He's like, you got me. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> you know, you're right. You're all I need, you know. And they say it. If you even change one soul and one person that, that, that you can help, then it's worth it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but let, let me... But when you're in it and there's only one person that you're helping, it's like, okay. It doesn't feel worth it, right? God bless you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it was, the, the Lord was definite. So, okay, I want to preface and, and just repeat myself. He's very real. Jesus is very real. And he will come into your life and show you he's real. But part of his realness is that he will humble you and he will strip you of the things that are pride, arrogance, anger, rage, all of that flesh. They call it the flesh. And he's, gent he's he like gently, what's that song, Sweetly Broken? He will break you. But the only reason he wants to break you, he will never, never destroy a house in, unless he's going to rebuild it. And the scriptures say that the that the rain, like, what's that scripture, Pastor? <laughs> the rain, the, the beats, rain, against the rain the, beats against the house. Yeah, if it's, it's built like, on the rock. Oh, wait, I got it. I found it. It's right in here. I filed it away. <laughs> he who builds his house on sand. Oh, I'm butchering it already. But like the the rain and the storms will come and beat against that house, and it will fall. It will disintegrate. But he who builds his life and his house on the rock, which is Christ. The rains will come, the storms will beat against it, but it won't fall, it'll stand. And so that's the only reason why he sends those trials to yeah. break you, right? You guys have been through it. A so, lot of you have been through it. So you spent eight years after you walked away from corn, eight years until you rejoined, right? What was the biggest lesson God taught you during those eight years? That's a hard question, sorry. I gotta choose one. Um, it, it, okay. Top three. Trust in him. Because everything's gonna come against you to make you feel like he's forgotten you and he's busy in China with other people. <laughs> and it's like, Lord, why is this happening? Like I, I gave, I gave to the church and whatnot and I lost everything. I lost my house, I lost two cars, I went bankrupt and I had friends that were non-Christians and they were short selling their house. In 2008, my house got foreclosed upon. Um, I ended up going to court in Tennessee for uh, bankruptcy. I got accused of fraud on the stand. And, if, and if, the, if the judge believed them, that's jail time. You can't commit fraud in a federal bankruptcy case. And so I'm just like, Lord. And he just was like, trust me. Trust me. Watch what I do. And he turned all of it around. Every single thing that, that I went through, he turned around. So trust, trust is the biggest lesson. He literally... Took the house down to the foundation and yep. rebuilt it. Rebuilt it, yep. Yeah. Doesn't tear down unless you're going to rebuild. It's also, uh, I forgot. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. When you get 50, you yeah. guys, it happens. If someone who might be here watching uh, who struggles with addiction today can't seem to find their way out. They just feel like they're just cycling through over and over and over again. What would you say to them? There's a scripture that says, do not be drunk with wine but be filled with his spirit. So being drunk with wine, that's an addiction. Alcohol is an addiction, right? And there is an infilling of God's divine life through his spirit that totally satisfies you. I, I, did, a, I did a thing uh, at a church uh, last month and they talked about me being sober and I said, I gotta tell you guys, I'm not sober. And there's like a bunch of people over there from addiction recovery and they're like, why are we here? And I'm like, I'm filled with his spirit. Like I am, I have the most high living inside of me. I am f like exhilarated with life. 
I am not a boring, sober person, like in the word sober. Yes, I'm sober as far as alcohol and drugs, but I am, I am just, there's a high that comes with the life of Christ that it's, it's a spiritual substance that's so tangible that it just totally satisfies you. And so I would tell any addict, yeah, you guys know, right? When you get filled with his spirit, you just go after it every day. Lord, I want the fullness of your spirit to fill me inside of my soul so that I don't want, have those cravings for drugs or alcohol. You have to do it. I'm, I'm going to do my part to try to get off, you know, to, to quit and everything. But he can, he can fill that hole that's inside of you. Only he can. So I saw one interview you did where someone asked you this question. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, that you just swapped one addiction for another. You had an addiction to one thing and you just swapped it for an addiction to Jesus. Is that what happened in your life? I mean, I always like to say that I, I traded my addiction for drugs for the meaning of life. That's what I found the meaning. Like there's a question of why are we here? Why were we born? What are we doing? The meaning of life, Jesus will answer for you. Because he's alive right now and he'll show you he's alive. The scriptures say, I'm going to butcher this one too, but he says that if we come to him in, in John 14, he says, if we come to him that he will manifest himself. In, in some of the, like the Amplified Bible is like he will make himself clearly um, seen by you maybe not physically but like in inside of you that's why there's christians across the world right now they're getting they're getting killed and they're like they will not renounce christ because they know how true it is so it's it's a it's a very healthy addiction to be chasing after jesus you know trading addiction for meaning i think that's powerful the meaning of life i traded my addiction for for love you know which is god how has that how has that transformed you've rejoined corn how has that transformed how you operate as a musician, an artist, and a band today? Because you're, in some ways, in a similar place you were at, you know, 20 years ago, meaning you're in the band, but you're approaching it in an entirely different way. Yeah. How, how has that meaning transformed how you've, you've approached being in a band, touring with Korn, all of that? Well, it's just like, like my life is a testimony, you know? And like I said earlier, I left Korn, right? I left everything. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not going to go around seeing people do hard drugs. I'm not going to see women treated like that. No way. And it came back around almost 10 years later. God was working on them. You know, they're not all Christians, but they're, there's no, there's no hard drugs around at all. There's no alcoholism. We're old now. We just, we just, we're like, we, we, we're grateful for life and music and our kids and, and nobody is, is being an idiot anymore. And it's about the gratefulness of what we accomplished and what we did for our fans and how we can still do it to this day. And it's, it, there, there's a little language, you know, but that's it. And everything else, I can, I can be a testimony. God's used it wherever I go. I, I pray for fans. They know I'm like the Jesus freak in the band and, and they accept me, you know? And, and so, and so that's, that's the purpose now. It's the purpose is to look at this. Here's Head, my nickname's Head. Here's Head before. He left the band. Here he is back, all put together. I'm a testimony of what Christ can do. You're talking about the masterpiece scripture, you yeah. know, just like yeah. he makes us masterpieces. He does a work inside of us and then lets our light shine to people to, so that they're just like, you know, they see. And then, Is it special being back after you walked away from it and you lost everything and now you're back? Is it special to be back? Like, does it mean more having lost it all and getting back? Yes, 100%. And I was actually, I read so many books and, and the Bible, you know, it talks about these people that were, they went through suffering. The disciples went through suffering and, and had trials and they didn't, they didn't have like the, the, the riches and everything. And so my, my whole thing was like, I was walking with Jesus and I'm like, I love that. I love that. I didn't care about the riches anymore. And then he, like after almost a decade, he, he starts whispering to me and, and I get counseling from people and I, I see that he's leading me back. And I'm like, Lord, you're going to ruin my testimony. Because <laughs> my testimony was I left everything to yeah. follow Christ to the hard life, you know? Now you're coming back. How, I was how did a happen? youth group hero, <laughs> you know? All the parents were like, look what he did. He left the world to follow Jesus, you know? And I'm like, Lord, now I'm supposed to go back? Like, I didn't. But then he started, when I started going and seeing what he was doing and seeing how everybody was, next thing you know, I, yeah, it meant more. It was just like. You, you, you were playing with your band at a festival that 
Corn was at, I think you were opening for POD. Is that right? Yep. And you went out and played with them. I played one song with Corn. How, how, did, how did that whole moment happen and what, what was going through your head? I tried to go quietly into because I brought my daughter. She was all into Stained and Evanescence and those bands. So I brought her and I wanted to go quietly. Corn found out I was there and they're like, they want to say hi to you. And I'm like, man, I, I haven't seen him in forever. Have you talked to them? In that interim time? The bass player, I just started talking to him a year before because we did a song together like uh, for, um, I think it was Chi Cheng from the Deftones okay. and um, just to raise money. And then Jonathan, I played, <laughs> I played a show in Bakersfield, California where Corn's from with, as solo artist and there was like 50 people there and Jonathan shows up, my singer from Corn. And he's in the back, and I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, there's nobody here. And he, he's probably just like, man, this poor guy. <laughs> and so I, I had texted with him like maybe four times since then. And then I saw him, and Monkey, my guitar brother, who I sold my stuff to, you know, earlier in the story, I hadn't seen him in eight years. And I, 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 I jumped on his tour bus and saw him, gave him a big hug, and that's when they asked me to play a song with him. And... Uh, I just wanted to watch him because I'd never seen corn because I was always in corn, you know? So I wanted to watch him, but I, I said, yes, I'll play the song Blind. I play the song Blind, and Jonathan breaks down in tears after the show. And he's on stage, and he's just like, I need a minute. He tells the crowd, I need a minute. And he, and he tells me after the show, thank you for that last memory. If that's all that I'll get, then at least I have a positive memory now that you were, you know, you did one last thing with us. And that was it. And I went my way. And what was going through your head, though, when you were playing that song? Like, you're, you've walked away from all of this, and now you're, like, back for that moment. What were, you, what were you? It's like I wasn't even there in the first 10 years. Yeah. Because I was so wasted the whole time. You know, I was functioning. I don't want to to look like I'm like. But, but I was such a new creation. The Bible says that, um, that when you come into Christ, you're a new creation. Old things pass away. You're a new being. And, uh, and so I felt new. I was like, this is so, like, it's familiar, but it's like, it, it, it's just so, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's familiar, but not. You know what I mean? I felt like I was, yeah, that's a, that's a good word. It was weird. Yeah. It's like playing in front of 30 people and then I'm playing in front of 50,000. How, how did you come to the decision to go all in, rejoin the band? Um, actually, so I don't know who believes in prophecies and stuff like that, but I had a, a guy from South Africa come to me and said that there was going to be a, I still have the recording. He said, there's going to be a call from James and you're going to reconcile with these guys. And I didn't know what that meant, you know, but I just tucked it away. So I got a call from James. It was, uh, about seven or eight years after that word, that prophecy. And, uh, he asked me to come back and I, w I told him I like I don't like all the, the small shows, but I like, I like my life and how it's been, you know, following Jesus to, to just to do something brand new and different. So I told him it's just not who I am anymore. And he said, well, if you ever change your mind, let me know. And then I hung up the phone and for the next few days, I was just like, wouldn't leave me. And I'm just like, Lord, this can't be, you, you know, I left everything, you know, and then I started having, I started, I stayed home for 30 days. Then I just, I just stayed in my house. My daughter was with grandparents and I just prayed and I started uh, asking him if this is, if this might be his will. And I started having um, encounters with God, with Holy Spirit. I, I just felt like love poured out into me. I felt his presence more than I felt in my whole life. I had something that happened to me in 2007 that was similar, but that was like, for a few days, this lasted almost a month <laughs> where I didn't want to leave my house. I could have stayed there the rest of my life and it would have been fun. But, uh, and, and so he showed me just about like how, how religion tries to keep him away from people. And you know, that, uh, you know, the Paul scripture talks about don't be yoked with unbelievers, but he was trying to teach baby Christians that were, would fall away from Christ in a second, you know? And so, but he became all things to all people so that he, you know, some would follow, follow him as he follows Christ. He showed me all this stuff. And then I sure, I was like, all right, if this is truly you, then I want, I want three people who I trust to agree with this. Two of them came back and said they agree with this. One of them said no. And I said, I went back home and said, all right, Lord, I, that's not it. That's not you then. 
he called me on my, or actually he showed up to my birthday celebration dinner at, at uh, I, I think it was Chili's, not very glamorous. And he pulled me aside and he goes, the Lord, like, just, I can't get out of my mind. I felt like I was wrong. And um, I just want to tell you that, that uh, and so that was it. That's all I needed. It's incredible. How did that phone call go? Who'd you call? And, you know, hey, I'm back. Well, I hit the managers up and I said, listen, this is, I'm, I'm a different person. I don't want to do this and that. And I just told them, like, who I was. And they said, anything you need. And then um, I talked to James and I said, James Monkey, you know, and I said, let's just try it. And I went and started writing with them. And then I started texting Jonathan. And I was like, is this really happening? This doesn't feel real. And he's like, this is so cool, man. I've been wanting this for so long. We're brothers, you know. We grew up together. Our parents know each other. Yeah. And Fildy ran over Jonathan on a three-wheeler <laughs> when we were kids. He says he didn't, but you know he did. it's like we go way back. It's yeah. like, talk about reconciliation that God does, you know? Yeah. And he put it back together, and he's just like, if we're going to be concerned about little, little bit of issues or, or language or whatever, you know, we're going to have a hard time. And the Lord just showed me like how he was just a perfect, perfect, you know, son of God in heaven. And he came and he was born to this corrupt world, took on human flesh yeah. and, and dwelt with us and hung with us. You know what I mean? And we, and we get concerned about people's sins and whatnot yeah. and it's like look what he did man yeah. Yeah. let's follow the king and yeah. his example you know and so that's crazy it's just interesting I, I was watching one interview with some of the guys and they were talking about how the band just was missing what you brought and there's just like this intangible that you brought did you feel that too that you it was like the synergy it was back together the team was back together Honestly, like, I'm not this, like, whiz guitar player or whatnot. I do have a sound that me and Monkey yeah. uh, created yeah, together. Yeah, yep. So when I was gone, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was different. It was different, but he carried that very well. One of the biggest songs Korn has, Monkey did with the band. It's called Coming Undone. Coming Undone, Monkey did all that. Yeah. So, like, but yes, the early Korn sound was different. I think that they could have hired some awesome guitar player and it would have made up for me being gone, but they didn't, they never put someone in my place. They hired awesome musicians that played live, but they never filled my position. They didn't want to. And that's, that's, uh, I, I just give them thanks, you know, for, for doing that. And uh, I think they would have been, they would have been fine if they, if they did that, but yeah. they never did. So, I mean, it sounds good and makes me sound good and everything, yeah. but they could have replaced me yeah. easy. They just didn't want to. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure that means a lot to you too. Yeah, it's like I feel very loved, you know, yeah. that they did that. And uh, I mean, that's a long time, almost a decade to hold, yeah. a, hold a spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it was like, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of celebrities, artists uh, in, in recent years, but really, you know, over the last few decades that uh, tragically take their lives. They, they're at the pinnacle. They've got everything they want. And uh, you were in that place yourself. If someone uh, here today are watching uh, and that's in their mind, what would you say to them? They're, 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 they're at the end of their rope and they don't know what else they're gonna do. Well, I was at the end of my rope and I didn't know what else to do. And I had millions of dollars in the bank. Everything was taken care of, except I was a lost soul and I didn't know what to do with my life. Yeah. And when I found out about Christ, I had walls up just like you probably do. And, um, He's just like, I don't want no brainwashing to happen. I didn't want any brainwashing to happen, but I, I, I decided to try it and to see if it was real. And I learned that Jesus Christ, he wants my life. So if I don't want my life anymore and I want to end it, why don't I give it to somebody else that wants it and lay my life down in a, in a, in a, in a way that doesn't end my life on earth, but give it to him to help me rebuild and restructure so that I become a new person. So I would very much encourage someone to, yeah. It's so worth it. And that means the suicidal person that you are, the suicidal thoughts and struggling with all that, when you come into Christ and you really go for it, you will become a new creation and the suicidal person won't be there anymore. It's like you, you become, you start to experience the, 
the resurrection life that he offers and slowly but surely you change. I've heard this said and I think this is an interesting thought like the, the idea of your new creation in Christ Jesus it's not like a better version of you it's not like you get an upgrade like it's you know Brian uh, with some updates you're like an entirely different person yeah right? I'm familiar to, yeah. you know I'm yeah. still a goofball like I'm sure, the yeah. biggest goofball yeah. in the whole band you know I think it's one thing I've appreciated about you just the last day getting to know you you're Thank like a big kid yeah. And I, th- I love that. I'm, I th- I'm always going to be childlike. I'm maturing into childlikeness. You were, you were at our house yesterday, and I have four kids, if you don't know this, and they're, you know, rambunctious little kids. And you were right there with them, even when my, my daughter was hissing at you. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Didn't phase you. I even tried to play it down because I get wild with the kids, you yeah. know, so I was like, I don't want to stir them up. And they still were gravitating towards me and Anthony. My, if it makes you feel any better, my four-year-old wouldn't sleep last night. So he, 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 was, oh, he was up here. You, you, really? Yeah. He was, they were geared up. That was fun. Was that awesome. was fun. But, uh, but I, always, I, 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 I always want to keep that joy. And yeah. you know what's cool? There's a scripture that says outside we're wasting away, but inside we're being renewed day by day. So we never have to get old inside. Yeah. We're being renewed. Right? Yeah. It's true. So I'm going to be like 85 years old, white dreads, and you're going to see childlike joy coming out of my eyes and smile. I'm never going to get old inside. I just, yeah. And you don't have to either. I just appreciate about you. That you, you uh, I mean, everywhere we went yesterday, you were just like a kid, you know, enjoying the wonder of the world around you. And I think that's beautiful. Like that, that uh, does not happen very often. Even for people who are Christians, we get so stuffy and stuck and um, discouraged about all the things that can happen or might be happening. But thank you for keeping politics. That. Politics. Politics is, is like the, the biggest trip, trick yeah. of the spiritual enemy that we have to divide and steal your joy and to, yeah. and to bring yeah. bitterness to the yeah. other side, you know? Right? It's true. Yeah. We were talking My about- dad even like he stopped watching Fox News because he was like one of those just like, yeah, I agree with them. I agree with them. And then he's like, I don't feel good inside. My dad's uh, 84, I think. I forget. But, uh, yeah. but he's like, I'm done with it, you know, because stealing his, it's just making you feel ugly inside. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being that kind of a person. I appreciate that. In, in uh, 2018, your documentary came out, uh, Loud Crazy Love. Uh, which, if you haven't watched the documentary, it's on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's streaming. Yeah, you can rent it for like four bucks. Four or bucks, something. yeah. yeah. Um, really good. Uh, if you haven't watched it, it's 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 very good. But um, how has the change in your life uh, affected your relationship with your daughter? Well, I mean, she she knows that I left everything to be with her and to raise her. And um, yeah, it was God and everything. But like, she knows that I just. I wanted to be with her, you know? And so that was awesome. But she did also have to see the weird Christian guy trying to find out what this faith was. I wouldn't watch her. I wouldn't let her watch the Disney channels. They had witches in them. <laughs> you know, like Katy Perry's parents, they say like, oh, she couldn't eat Lucky Charms because they weren't blessed charms. They were, you know, they're magically delicious. There's no magic in our house, you know? So if Christians get weird. I got weird. And I, I had anger and rage that didn't go away for about seven years. It, it, it would go away for like a month and it would come back. And so she got to witness some of the, like, she'd hear me like screaming at God in my room, punching holes in walls. And she's like eight years old, you know, it's just not good. So I did have some, some stuff that I did that wasn't the best for her. But um, she knows like that I tried my best and she's forgiven me completely. And, and, um, and she's, she's finding herself and figuring out like who she wants to be and, and what she wants to do in life. And we're closer than ever. And she knows just, I love Jesus with all my heart. She loves God. She knows that God is real, you know, but this, uh, it's, it's, she would have had a way worse dad or no dad at all if it wasn't for Christ. And she knows yeah. that. So what's it mean to you as a dad now to have that, to have a daughter that you love and loves you and is a, you're a bigger part in her life than you ever were before. I mean, God made every dream come true for my life and, and even dreams that I didn't have, like, you know, because uh, when, when fame and money didn't fulfill, he was like, I even, I even went to church as a last resort for self-help. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he reveals himself to me and, and, and shows me the meaning of life, you know, and it's just like, I don't, I didn't deserve it. Yeah. You know, I did a lot of bad stuff. I, 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 I deserve to probably die from the drugs and like you, you reap what you sow, right? Yeah. And a lot of people lost their life. That's why I'm doing this and talking about Jesus for almost 20 years now, because he saved me. He saved me from killing myself. Yeah. And I tried with the drugs I was doing. And so to show my gratitude, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life until, amazing. until I'm done breathing. So 18 years ago, God changed your life I mean, radically. What, what are some fresh things God's been doing in your life today? I mean, there's a, there's a never-ending search for the understanding that he gives. It talks about, like, um, wisdom, the wisdom of God, the understanding and uh, knowledge and everything. And so, like, I'm just a seeker, and I want to seek to know, like, everything about God I can. And um, just showing me new things about this world, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm dumbfounded by the world and where it's at, honestly. I don't have answers for that except to just come and share my story and share my, my story online, but this is, this world is crazy the last three years, and, and I think that God's about, or he's, he's already started to do something really, really, really special, and, and um, I mean, he's, he's shaking everything that could be shaken, you know, like the, the religious people are being shaken. It's crazy, right, because it's like we're trying to go and, and share the love of Christ, and then you got the other Christians over here that are doing this and scaring people away from Jesus and you got them saying everyone's going to hell and they're, but they're scaring them away from Jesus. So like, who's more in trouble? The ones that are not following Jesus because of the ones that are scaring them away. You know what I mean? It's a big mess, but I just keep, I just want to focus on my, my path and my journey and my mission and let God worry about all the mess because yeah. it's messy. Yeah, yeah. You're bad. You're bad. Right? What's this next chapter? What do you What do you see for your future in your life? I mean, just uh, music. Um, maybe one day be a granddad. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, just what would you be called as a granddad? I want to be called. Uh, oh, I just had it. You know how grandmas get GG a lot. Yeah. What was mine? Oh my gosh. Who did I talk about? I don't, I don't remember, but it was cool. Oh. <laughs> It'll come back. It'll come back to me. It'll Where'd it go? Back. I lost it. Anyway. I don't know. Be, uh, any, what any, do we say now? What are, what are some of the things, share with everyone uh, some of the things you're involved in with, uh, you know, sober homes and oh, yeah. things like that. I got sober homes. I'm, I'm uh, New Hampshire. That I'm, we, we help people get off, uh, you know, the world. They're coming out of, they're coming out of, rehab and yeah. so my friends out there teach them how to live my friend died 14 times got narcan back to life 14 times wow he just a, a massive massive like he he was so bad it's like paul in the bible he was, he was helping to kill christians and then god saved him and made him like he anointed him to write like three chords of the new testament yeah this guy's got that reputation he was like justin Oh my gosh, he was the, he died 14 times. He would steal, rob, and fight the cops, all this crazy stuff. Now he's like the biggest like helper of, of yeah. addicts in the whole area. And he's my boy. It's cool. And so, yeah, we got that going on. I'm, I want to build like that. And my friend Anthony over here, he's got like, he inspires me. He's got books and he's yeah. got movies he's doing. And I'm Dude, like, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. So uh, who knows what the Lord has in store for me? You know, we kind of close. I just want to share one, one last story. Um, I heard you share this story uh, about your buddy uh, one time, one of your buddies that uh, was praying for this guy after a corn show. He was drunk. God just did some cool healings. Uh, oh, yeah. You remember that story? Would you be able to share, share that with us? Yeah, because, um, you know, out being with corn, I, I, I want to reach out to the fans, you know, and just uh, be a non-religious version of a Christ follower, you know, and just... Uh, so I, I met these guys that would... Um, they, they actually go out in the streets and they, and they do risky things as far as, like... They put, they put Jesus on display, and if he doesn't show up, they look like idiots and, and then makes God look silly, you know? So the more they did it, the more results they got. And so this guy goes around. He's, he's actually, this is Robbie Dawkins. He's out in uh, Afghanistan now. Now He goes to Afghanistan and puts on like a, uh, uh, what do you call it, those, like those shawls and everything, and he walks around and he prays secretly for people because you get killed, you know, over there for that stuff. And, uh, 
Anyway, he's just he's this radical faith. He, he got a healing gift. You know, there's different gifts, spiritual gifts, says in the Bible. He's got a healing gift. Comes to a show, and I start telling my, my story to like 30 people after the show, and I see people rolling their eyes, and this one guy's like, I thought we were coming to an after party. And he's all drunk. And then I'm, I keep telling my story. I'm like, give me a minute, bro. And I keep talking. He's like, does anyone want to go to a strip club? This is boring, you know? And, uh, and then my, my, uh, I give the mic. I'm frustrated. I give it to my friend Robbie. And he goes, there's someone here that has a, a back that needs healing. And this guy stood up. He prays for him, and the back gets healed. And the guy's like, what happened? And he goes, so what, what's, what's up with you? And the guy goes, I just got out of jail. I, got, I became a Christian in jail, and I told God I was going to serve him when I got out, and I haven't been. I walked away from him. And he goes, well, he's showing you that he loves you anyway, and he's healing you because it's, it's all grace, and what are you going to do now? He's like, I'm going to serve him. <laughs> so he goes, and then that drunk guy starts going, man, I want my back healed. I broke it in a mosh pit at your show. And I still, he goes, I, can't, I still can't touch my toes. And he shows me. He's like, so Robbie, he's, Robbie sees God like moving. And he gets the first guy and he says, everybody watch this. I'm going to show you that it's not me that's doing it. That Jesus is spiritually here and he's going to, He's going to do it through him. So the guy that got out of jail that walked away from God, he goes, lay your hands on him and say this after me. In the name and authority of Jesus Christ, I command healing. Because Robbie's, when you have that gift, you see it happen a lot. And so he knew, he kind of, he kind of can discern when things are happening. And if he, if it didn't work, then I don't know how he gets out of it, but (laughs) because that's happened before. But, uh, so he, the guy repeats after, and then he goes, touch your toes. And sometimes it takes two or three times. And, but this time he goes, touch, he goes, try to touch your toes. And he goes, and he comes back up, and he's like crying. He's like, what just happened? He goes, Jesus loves you, man. Jesus healed you. And he's like, my mom's been telling me about Jesus my whole life, and I just I cuss her out. And he goes, I thought it was fake. He goes, he looks at me, he goes, it was real. And I go, dude, do you think I just got off stage 20,000 people. You think I want to come and tell you guys about Jesus when I know it's not popular? If it wasn't real, I would not be doing it. And I don't want to sound like I don't want to do it because I do want to do it. But it's not the most popular thing to do. I would not be doing this and getting mocking from you if it wasn't real. Yes. And he's like, and we got him on film saying, oh, Jesus healed me and I didn't believe in him. So that was the most dramatic one. That's incredible. That doesn't happen all the time, man. That's incredible. That's incredible. Thank you, for, uh, thank you for allowing God to use you. And can, can I say one more thing? Yeah, yeah. The next night, I got all bold, and I'm like, I just got to be crazy, and, and, and it'll happen for me too. Robbie was gone, and I had a group of people, and I said, God's going to heal people physically right now. This big faith healer I was now. And I prayed for this guy back three times, and he's like, nope, it still hurts. <laughs> and I'm like, well, God loves you guys, I swear, I swear. And... Uh, but you know what happened? I was like, I felt like a fool. And I went backstage and my friends came to me and said, that guy that didn't get healed, uh, his friend, because of what you said, he, he was going to go home with a different girl that wasn't his wife after that. And he confessed and everything and, and gave his life to the Lord. So something good came something from good. it. That's amazing. That's but incredible. yeah, I look like an idiot. I, I just appreciate your story and your heart. Uh, for people and to be obedient to God and that means so much and uh, you know maybe uh, you're here today watching online one of the shelters and uh, getting to hear Brian's story you see so much of your own story in him in your story and um, there are so many times where we come with one intention maybe you came just to meet Brian and that's awesome maybe God had something bigger in store for you that there's a meaning and a reason that you're on this earth and there's a meaning in the reason you're here today. It's not like an accident. This isn't like, uh, I just came for this and God did this like swap. No, this is God's plan that you could discover why you were here. He shaped you and he formed you in your mother's womb for a purpose, a divine purpose that you will experience that full potential. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. Not like a little bit slice of that life. No, the full life that he made you for, that he created you for. 
And I don't want to just rush, you know, out of here and, and get out of here without giving you the opportunity to say, you know what, I, I want to make that decision. Because someone did that for you at Valley Bible in Bakersfield uh, 18 years ago. And there's a Brian Welch here today or watching that God has brought you here. Who knows how, but he brought you here. He didn't bring you here to waste your time. He didn't bring you here just so you could have a cool story and share something with your friends. He brought you here because he wants you to see the divine purpose, like that is so much bigger and deeper and richer than anything you could ever know. And, and I wanna, we're, I'm gonna have Brian pray for you here in a minute, but I wanna give you an opportunity to say, I, I wanna step into that. This isn't about being religious. This isn't even about joining this church. It has nothing to do with this church. It has everything to do with how God made you and formed you and how he sent his son, Jesus, not to start some religion, but to pay the price so that you could be whole. And, and Isaiah, the Old Testament, which is the first part of the Bible, there's this prophecy or this statement that's made about Jesus. And, and the statement is that, that by his stripes, we are healed, meaning that the wounds he, he took on his body were your wounds that you should be receiving, like the punishment that you deserve, that I deserve. He took that on himself. Why? Why did he do that? So that you could be made whole. Just like Brian said, that he tears the house down so he can rebuild it in a way that you never even thought was possible. That you experience dreams you don't even realize you have right now. That doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean like all of your problems go away. That doesn't mean that like the path in front of you is just gonna all fall into place. Because I don't think that's the case for you. Not the case for me. Like it's gonna be difficult because life is difficult. But you know there's a force and a power that is greater than you and he's the creator of the universe that is fighting for you, that isn't giving up on you. And, and it loves you deeply. And you can live for that purpose, for that reason, experience that forgiveness. The one that shaped you and formed you wants to say, I forgive you. And wants to say, I wanna equip you and empower you to be the man, the woman that you never even dreamed was possible. That maybe that grandma's been praying for, maybe no one's been praying for, but we've been praying for. I wanna give you the opportunity to, to take that step. And, and before we do that, Brian, you wanna, you wanna pray? Pray for us yeah, yeah. this morning? Yeah, and I just want to say, uh, my friend Scott McNamara, he, he, he came up with this cool concept where he's got this picture of Jesus knocking on the door, but the handle's on the inside, and only we can let him in. And, uh, you know, most of us pray when someone, you know, someone dies or something, we're praying to God, but it's like praying through the door. We know he's there somewhere, but we don't know him personally. And when we let him in, he comes and, and, and reveals himself, and it's an intimate relationship. And he goes on, my friend Scott came up with this system where it's like, if you think about all the sins that you've ever committed and they're like on a backpack on your back, would it be heavy? I would be on the floor on my face. It would be so heavy, right? And let's say you owe the bank. That represents our, our debt to God. Let's say you owe the bank a million dollars and I, I come in and I pay it for you. How would that make you feel? Forgiven, right? Your debt's forgiven. You're like, well, Jesus came and he paid our debt for us. He paid that debt. Everything that we've done wrong in this life, he paid that debt for us. And the last thing he says is like, you know the wind, how do you know the wind's real? It's blowing out there, you can feel it and you can see its effects, right? That's the same thing with, with Jesus, you know? He's here, you don't see him, but you, you can feel him and see the effects in his life. So I'm gonna pray for all of us that we could feel Jesus and the Holy Spirit and he could blow inside of our souls so that we would wake up and come to life and, and come find this faith that Nick's talking about. So, Lord, I thank you that you're not a mean old man in the sky that's just waiting to pound us when we do something wrong, Lord. You have a solution for this world, Lord, and that's, that's Christ. You sent the Son of God, Jesus. The scriptures say the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing, but for those who are being saved, it's the, it's the power of God. And I pray for that power of God right now to blow into the side of this place and let your Holy Spirit just pour out into every soul here. Lord, we don't feel you on our skin on the outside, but we feel you internally. And I pray that you would touch every mind, will, and emotion, every soul here, Lord, that you would breathe upon them. Let them feel a peace that surpasses all understanding. Let them feel that weight of, of sins on their back that's heavy, Lord. 
Let them feel that lifted as they come to you. Let them feel that depression. If there's a, a backpack of depression, I know it's heavy on many people, Lord, and you can take that backpack off too. It's a supernatural work that you do by your spirit and by the power of God, and I pray that you would just do that with your signs and wonders. You said that signs and wonders follow the, the, the speaking of your word, and we need you to do that. We can't change anybody. It's only miraculously done by you, and I thank you for using us as vessels to do it. Amen. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 